Well, Razorback fans, it was quite the weekend for many different reasons. But basketball, baseball, and football, still very relevant. So let's break it all down on today's Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into today's Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more by visiting fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Hope everybody had a wonderful weekend as it was uh, a pretty entertaining one and a pretty good one, I would say, for Razorback fans by and large, a lot better than last weekend. And uh, I know that it's funny when we, we go into different topics of discussion, uh, what people want to talk about. And I gauge it just on the, the conversation, the discussion, also kind of looking at the numbers, seeing uh, what Razorback fans are really uh, watching or listening to or responding to. And that's kind of how I base a lot of the stuff I do with my podcast anyways. But it's just amazing to me that basketball continues to, to be the number one thing. And so uh, we'll get into baseball, we'll get into football, don't worry, but uh, I wanted to lead off today with basketball and the transfer portal and, and the stuff that, of course, happened with Darian Ford that we discussed last week of him entering into the portal and then the whole situation with Ron Holland and, and him decommitting from Texas, which got people hyped up and excited about the possibility that maybe just maybe Arkansas can still be in the mix. Like People are just dying to know more. And I even went to a, a few events over the weekend. I was just talking with listeners and everybody and uh, they didn't really, I mean, they mentioned baseball, but I would say the number one thing that got talked about, or at least asked about was basketball in the transfer portal. Hey, 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 we getting, we getting Ron Holland. Is that who we're getting? Or, uh, Hey, hey, you know, what's, what's, what's a Hunter Dickinson situation? Like it's, it's incredible. And I got asked a question that was, I guess, liked on, on Twitter by other people who were curious about it. And just checking out the transfer portal itself, because it certainly seems like Arkansas uh, you know, is going to continue to do that under Muss. And somebody brought up the point that they've gotten in arguments with other fans or other listeners or, or whatever it may be about the possibility of, hey, you know, is this sustainable? <laughs> is this something that will continue to work? You know, or is this going to be a problem uh, with uh, you know, the way that it's gone with college basketball and everything. Like, is this going to be something that's really nice now, but here in two or three years, it's going to be obsolete. It's going to be bad. It's going to be something that turns on Arkansas or ends up being a bad situation for them. And I've really never understood that argument. Uh, I've never understood the, the way that people really run away from change or at least run away from the, way that it's always been done and how it's doing something differently, even if the results are good, people still don't like it or still are trying to find ways to discount it or discredit it or whatever it may be. And that's kind of what's happened with the transfer portal is that so many people have said, well, that's not the way that it always was. It's not the way the good old days were. And I don't really like it. And I understand that. But my whole thing is when it comes to how basketball is in the college ranks and how Arkansas has handled it with Eric Musselman is that as long as the results still come in, as long as the wins still come in, as long as in March Madness, you are still a team that nobody wants to play, that everybody, you know, 
respects and, and sees as a, as a real threat, then I don't really care how it's done. And maybe that's a cop-out answer, and maybe you disagree, but I don't care. Because at the end of the day, I just want wins like we all do. And what the portal has opened up is being treated almost like professional basketball, which, you know, again, some people don't like that element of it, but due to transfer portal, due to NIL, due to all of this stuff, it's become such a incredibly convoluted, complicated thing where we know it's going on. We know what's going on behind the scenes, but we don't really know the specifics. We don't really know how much of it is going on or how much of a problem that it actually ends up being. And so to me, that is where people start to get, let their frustrations come in a little bit and start end up having uh, bigger issues than maybe, you know, what they normally would. I think that it's actually something that has benefited Arkansas almost as much as any other school. And especially when it comes to college basketball, we know that high school recruiting is very strong here in the state. We know that there's been so many great players year after year that have come through this state. Five-star players, players that uh, had you know went to the NBA, guys that are having success right now in the NBA. Uh, you think about Bobby Portis. You think about uh, you know Moses Moody and what he's been able to do. Even Malik Monk, which I know people feel a certain way about him, but he's still from Arkansas and what he's accomplishing. Austin Reeves, another thing. Like there's so much talent and so much ability here in the state of Arkansas that everyone felt like high school recruiting is enough. You just got to get these kids in and develop them and then it'll all work out. But because of the current climate and how it works with the portal and with NIL, you got to look at it from the mindset of what a coach is going to see. In this case with Eric Musselman, you got to look at it in the perspective of, okay, I have a true freshman who could end up being great, who could end up having an upside, who could end up having a year or two of, of real success and become a great player, but it takes a little longer. Or I see a player that's in the portal right now that if I add them to my team right now, it immediately makes me a much better team. Like as a coach and as, a, as, as somebody who's trying to win games and compete, you know, what mentality are you going to go with? Like what direction are you going to go with? I'm always going to go with, I want the best players. Because you would want that in any aspect of your job, right? You know, if it's, it's like if you just got to put it in perspective where if it's like business, you know, like you run a business and you hire somebody that is extreme, that's maybe young, maybe raw, maybe has potential, but you know it's going to take a few years to get to that point. And then somebody comes available on the market that's, got experience, that has talent, that's been proven time and time again, that's a hot commodity, and they're interested in coming on board at your job, you start weighing your options, and you know what? Maybe some of you will want to stick it out, and maybe it works out. But if you know that it's a performance-based job, and that if you don't perform that year or the next two years, and maybe that guy that you hire that's really young doesn't pan out the way that it should, or maybe he gets up and leaves you to go somewhere else, you start thinking about, okay, do I want to really plan on the future or do I need to go with the here and now? Do I want to have success possibly in a year in a year or two, or do I want to have success now and then just work through it? 
it's different. It's a different mindset, but it's a respectable and to me, a credible mindset to where there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with approaching it that way. And, you know, the situations with Ron Holland or with um, Hunter Dickinson, you know, whoever these players that Arkansas may or may not be interested in or may or may not be able to have them on campus or whatever it may be. It's kind of the same deal. I mean, seriously, folks, think about it. Like, I understand you want loyalty and and you love uh, particular players and their mindset and all that. But if you're someone as a fan who wants to win and you have an opportunity to get a phenomenal next level type of player, but in doing so means having to sacrifice having a young in-state kid that could end up being all right here in a couple years. I mean, what are you going to go with? What are you going to approach? Like how, what decision are you going to make? It's not easy. It's not fun. It's not something that I think that everyone should be celebrating anytime someone gets asked to leave. Like it's not that. But at the end of the day, it's a business decision. It is. It's become that. It's business. And you want to have the best people on your team at every point in time. And I, I guess, have adapted that. I've adjusted to that. I wish, like heck, that it could be the way it was. I wish it was. I wish it was the days of the 90s in college basketball where players stayed two, three, sometimes four years, superstars did, and you got to know the players, and they were so, you know, I wish that it was still that way. I do, but it's not. And if you continue to live in the past of wishing it was a different way than what it is, you're going to get left behind. And that's why I'm thankful for Eric Musselman, I'm thankful for the staff, and I'm thankful for the approach that the university has taken in saying, hey, forget all the ways that we wish it was or we wish it wasn't. We know what it is. So let's use it to our advantage. Let's do everything we humanly possibly can to make this better for us, not only as coaches, but also as players and also as a program. Let's do it this way. I think it's sustainable. I think it works out. The results have been there, and I think they'll continue to be there. Because you want the best players, and the best players overcomes a lot. So that's why I feel like with Arkansas, as long as they keep doing it the way they're doing it, they're going to be just fine. They're going to make it work. It's going to be awesome to see how it all plays out. Talk a little bit about baseball here in just a second, folks. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs. Because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if if your first bet does not win. And we know with FanDuel, there's different things about them that makes it really easy. It's a safe and secure app. You get paid instantly. And they do a bunch of different promotions every single day. So you need to check them out because there's no better place to bet all the playoff action in America than their number one sports book, FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get the no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so next segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. How about this baseball team, right? <laughs> like, they, uh, they, they make it interesting. They, they make it fun, and they make it weird. But uh, what a bounce back for, for Arkansas after getting swept last week against Georgia. They come back, and they end up sweeping Texas A&M 
at home. Now, it wasn't uh, always the easiest thing to do, but at the end of the day, wins are wins. And I don't care who you are. I don't care who the team is. I don't care where you're playing. If you sweep a conference foe, that's a very big deal. That's a very big deal. And Arkansas took care of business. And I guess I know that I maybe become a broken record, but dude, it is so incredible to see what this team continues to do with the injuries that they have. I mean, some of their best batters and some of their best guys in the lineup are dinged up and hurt. But other guys are stepping up. You know, I didn't ever think that we'd even have to hear about Hunter Grimes, but he comes in. He's been doing some nice things. Or, or McLaughlin, like he's come in. He had his first home run over the weekend. He's doing good things. I mean, Kendall Diggs, DH, he had to move out into actually playing a right field, but he's doing a good job of it. So it's just amazing to me how in the lineup and in, and in pitching, they're overcoming so much. It's not to say it doesn't come with frustrations. And it's not even to say that this team will for sure like go to the World Series or win it all. Like, I don't know. We know it's a crapshoot once you get into postseason play. But this team just, they just keep finding ways and they keep grinding it out and they keep, they have the toughness. And I know the way that they lost that game three against Georgia was demoralizing. And I was fearful of that because I'm like, okay, they lost that one in the way that they did. That could be a type of game to where it really just demoralizes you and you start letting it impact your game in a negative way. Like it could have been something to where it was like, oh no, this is bad. This is going to be a major problem, and I don't know if this team is going to bounce back. And then they lose to Missouri State in the midweek, which a lot of guys didn't even play in that one, so I don't really care about that. But to go out and sweep A&M after getting swept is a great response, an absolutely phenomenal response. It was good to see Brady Tiger get back in for one inning, uh, You know, just try to get him back into the mix. I thought he did a, a pretty good job, all things considered. Uh, Will McIntyre comes in, throws a gem. And, you know, he's had his ups and downs, but he definitely looked really locked in and dialed in uh, over the weekend, too. So I really like what he was able to do. And uh, even the guys on Sunday, too, which I know was you know going for the sweep and maybe you have a little bit of flexibility. But it got to the point where Arkansas was up 8 nothing, but then in final ended up being 8-7. And a big part of it was just because of some, some mistakes that they made. But also, you get down to that bullpen, you don't have a whole lot of guys left. Like, it's just like, man, who are you going to throw in there? Who are you going to bring into the mix? But they got it done. They ended up winning. And uh, Cody Adcock, of course, uh, on Saturday was, uh, was really good, too. And I also wanted to give a shout-out to John Bolton, the, the shortstop, which I know fans get really frustrated by him because he's not a great hitter. Uh, there's been mistakes at shortstop that he's made. But it was really nice to see on Saturday's game, in Game 3, him, him go awesome. Like In fact, uh, he was uh, actually pretty good all weekend long. He went 4 of 7, um, 4 for 7 on the day and, or on the weekend. And he went from 175 to 202 in his batting average. He had some bunts. He had some nice plays at shortstop. So uh, I'm just, uh, I'm glad, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for him that he was able to, to take care of business and, and uh, make it possible. So, uh, you know, with Brady Tiger coming back into the mix, we'll see what's going on with, uh, you know, Josenberger and Wagner. You know, maybe, uh, maybe this week we'll find out because they actually play against Lipscomb in Little Rock, North Little Rock, should say, uh, tomorrow, which uh, I'm going to be at that game. I'm excited about it. And, you know, it's always cool to see that the crowd's there and everything. Um, but again, if they lose, it's not a big deal. You want them to win, but it's not like, oh, they lost to Lipscomb, so therefore let's freak out. No, it's about these SEC series. And they're going to be having to go on the road and take on a Mississippi State team that's not very good. Arkansas's better than, but we also know it's road games in the SEC are always tough. It's like it's such a weird deal. 
And Arkansas has been unstoppable at home. I wish they could play uh, Omaha in uh, in uh, Fayetteville, but I guess that's probably too much to ask. But still, I've just uh, I was I've just continued to be impressed by him, and uh, continue to be impressed by the job that Dave Van Horn continues to do. And uh, you know they're making big plays and they're they're holding on the leads. And like I said, it doesn't come without uh, scares and frustrations. But again, I just uh, I'm happy for uh, what they're showing. And when this team continues to get healthier. Hopefully they'll come back and be stronger, better than ever, and play their best baseball uh, as time goes on. We'll close up shop and talk a little bit about Razorback football and the NFL draft here on the other side of the break. So stay with us here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, final segment here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Um, NFL draft happened over the weekend, which, you know, I, I don't know if it's just me. And, and it's not something that I'm like trying to hate on it or anything, but it's like, dude, like I can't get into the NFL draft as much as I used to. And I think that when there's Razorbacks involved, I'll be paying attention. Or when like my, my team's about to pick, which happens to be the Jets, which I'm really excited about what they've been doing with Aaron Rodgers, but still, who cares? Um, like, I'll be interested in that, but as far as, like, I can't wait to see what the ninth pick of the NFL draft is, uh, you know, to Cleveland or whoever. Like, it just doesn't do anything for me. And then that's okay if, it's, if you're excited about it, if you love it, that's great. But I just casually check it out. Like, maybe on that Thursday night when the NFL draft's happening, I'll be having it on in the background. But I just can't sit there and watch it from beginning to end. It's just not, not what it used to be. But either way, Arkansas had a few players drafted, a couple players, actually. Uh, Drew Sanders, unfortunately, did not go into the first round, uh, but he did get drafted and is going to be a Denver Bronco. So that's pretty cool. I'm excited about him and uh, seeing uh, what he could do over there uh, in Denver. I know he's a phenomenal player and uh, was probably hoping that he had gone uh, first round, but uh, that that didn't happen. And then Ricky Stromberg uh, also got drafted. So uh, that was uh, that was really cool to see uh, him, you know, go to the next level. And that was really it. That was it. Arkansas only had. Uh, two players drafted, and not uh, one player was drafted in the rounds of four through seven from Arkansas. So, you know, again, not surprising necessarily, but just a little bit like kind of a bummer. I was hoping that there'd be some other guys drafted, but there's other dudes that had their free agent deals, which we know ends up happening a lot. Uh, Bumper Pool ended up signing with the Carolina Panthers, who uh, we know he's had some surgery and some injuries, but uh, he, he signed a deal with them. Dalton Wagner signed a deal with the Las Vegas Raiders which is awesome. Uh, good for good for Dalton and uh, him being in Vegas will be a pretty cool thing too. Uh, Matt Landers and Jaden Hazelwood uh, both signed because uh, there was, those were two guys that maybe I thought one of them would get drafted, but neither of them did as uh, Landers is going to the Seattle Seahawks and Jaden Hazelwood is going to the Philadelphia Eagles, which the Eagles killed it, man. They did an awesome job with, uh, with their uh, draft. It seemed like at least on paper they did, but uh, they did awesome. And then uh, kicker Jake Bates, <laughs> Uh, he transferred the, from the Razorbacks to Texas State. He signed with the Tampa Bay Bucks, and uh, there you have it. So, uh, by the way, Stromberg was with the Washington Commanders. By the way, I wanted to bring that up. So, uh, but yeah, that was uh, at least at this point in time. That's what it looks like for the uh, free agents and who Arkansas uh, players are going to sign with and uh, where they're moving on to. So, again, I wish them all the best of luck, and hopefully, they find ways to stick. And I know that uh, what you know with what the NFL is made up sometimes. You know, it may not be the right team at the right time, but then they get another opportunity. Maybe it works out like there's just so many unknowns and so many uncertainties dealing uh, with the NFL draft. But uh, it was good to see Drew Sanders and Ricky Stromberg both get drafted. 
And that's uh, also a cool thing too for Sam Pibbin, I'm sure, when it comes to transfers. Nice little recruiting pitch of saying, hey, you know, uh, we got Drew Sanders to transfer here, big time player, and he got drafted and got drafted in the early second round. So uh, I think that's great for him and great for recruiting and great for everybody involved. So uh, hopefully they have some, uh, some high level success, all of them in the NFL. Appreciate everybody listening into Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.